be your pitch of your own film? Yeah, well, it's, it's a funny question, too, because it, in a way it's precisely the kind of film that uh, we never pitched. It was something that emerged from a personal experience in my life that we ended up turning into uh, the kind of artwork that you see there. But the pitch is that it's a film in which I try and communicate with the sheep living where my parents are buried. It's a film that explores the relationship between human beings and animals and human beings and the dead, kind of using both to yeah. kind of explore one another. I have an impression that you work more in subtraction than addition. I don't know if you started the film and then finally you find this minimalist uh, solution or it was in the opposite. You didn't know where to film and then finally you find this shot. It was definitely uh, an art of subtraction. I spent around seven days in the graveyard and um, the phone call that structures the film in its current form uh, happened accidentally and was originally part of a 40 minute long edit and then bit by bit over six or seven months my editor and I pared the film down we ended up with about a 20 minute cut a couple of months later and then a 15 minute cut and then finally um we added another scene to the film which ended up doing so much that we ended up making the film even shorter. Over about six months, it moved from being about 40 minutes to five minutes. Yeah, the ships ships are really watching into your soul at some <laughs> point and create this connection. I was thinking it's a kind of grasping or seeking or longing for some signs, even if they are happening only in your head but to also to process loss and I like this work. Thank you very much. It's nice to hear that. For sure, I think maybe what you're describing is the kind of way in which the bits of the film sort of maybe come together, but also kind of fall apart. For sure, the feeling of longing rather than the feeling of like resolution <laughs> yeah. uh, was what marked the making of the film and the film itself for me. Yeah, and I also think that it's, in your film, it's at the same time a bit of feeling helpless. In a sense, you cannot reverse what happened, like biographical part, but at the same time, super richness, richness of being in the world, being connected with this nature. So this uh, two intensive parts I could feel. Yeah, I would also like to say something. I think in, in your pitch, there was one layer missing you said uh, there's the relationship between people and the dead and people and animals and but there's also the relationship between living people which, <laughs> which is the one to, to your brother and i think this is also this is really the point where i was getting to wonder about what is your personality what is your specific issue with this backstory of your parents which is not answered and which is one thing I think that makes the film so poetic. And also I love the scene where the male sheep is being yeah. pushed. That's really hilarious. <laughs> There's such a great rhythm. Yeah. For sure. I think also that scene means quite different things to different people. But you're right. I mean, you're right. It is a relationship of great intimacy and uh, difficulty and awkwardness too.
I'm glad that came across. Yeah, but that was very touching, really, how he was trying to find the sense in what you're saying for him. You know, you were looking for sense in the movement or actions of animals. Mm. And he was trying to find the sense in your words for him. And it's like really this trying, like this intentional that was vivid. Well, it's interesting too that, that actually a lot of the... It was through the conflict of uh, perspectives between myself and my brother, really, that the purpose of the film began to be clarified. When I set out to make the film, I thought I was making the film from the sheep's perspective. And it was only as a consequence of beginning to talk about that with my brother that uh, the centrality of my own perspective became uh, evident and like kind of indispensable. Sometimes it's only through arguing or disagreeing <laughs> with people that we even make sense of what it is we're doing, like what I'm doing or each of us is doing, what our perspectives are, even though the disagreements and the arguments themselves can be hard. What I like through and thanks also this hesitation between you and your brother because that this creates a distance from humans in the sense that you insist to discover something in animals that the animal becomes a sort of medium. And with this idea I try to see the film a second time and enjoy it very much. Well, I'm glad. Um, animals are really tempting as a subject. One of my favorite films is this little three-minute short by Chris Marker. He films his cat sleeping on his piano and the kind of The, the conceit of the film is that he cuts it in such a way that it sometimes feels as though the cat's listening to the music and sometimes feels as though it isn't. And sometimes it feels almost as though the cat's playing the piano and sometimes it isn't. Both is a kind of way of making meaning as well as disassociating meaning. I would hope the conversation between my brother and I does something similar. For me, at least watching the films, there are these moments when the things that are being discussed feel as though they really powerfully align with what you're watching on camera. And you really feel that all, you know, that they're all kind of, they're in sync. And then there are these other moments when they kind of pull apart and it feels as though the things that I'm saying on the phone have nothing to do with what's happening on camera. And it's funny, different people who have watched the film, people respond to the, the shot that follows it in very different ways. Oh, wow, look, they are paying attention to the graves. Other people watch it saying... That's just sniffing it. So I'm always quite surprised when someone watches the film and they kind of fully 100% subscribed the kind of view of my persona within the film that they know, you know? I find working with animals very time-consuming, at times very boring. It's like one extreme of non-fictional filmmaking, a kind of absolute of not having control over things and being able to shape things. I did use a bit of cheap food at one point to try and get them a bit closer to me, but that was sort of the extent of the amount that I could control them. They were actually, the sheep themselves were very wild sheep. These sheep were very, very, very cautious. So it took a lot of time before they got a little bit closer to me and a bit of tempting. But I guess what I was going to say is that that was at one extreme of kind of not having control over things. And then obviously... The other thing that this, this film was the first for me was um, using myself in the film. And that, that gave the opposite ability, much more control, the ability to uh, kind of shape things and 
contrived scenes and direct things in a much greater way than any work that I had made before. Yeah, probably about control. I'm thinking about Christina's films. How much was the control? There is no animals, there are people, <laughs> definitely. But how was the, the relationship with your subject? Thank you for the question. Uh, there, there are some animals, but uh, it's a good question because we didn't spend time there for research for the film. And we just started to shoot like very spontaneously. Just coming and shooting most of the cases the same day we would introduce ourselves to the people and uh, what we want. Sometimes we would say we come tomorrow or next day, but um, there was no this case that we spend a lot of time, we get uh, very trustful or something. But on the other hand, uh, I must say that I come from this place, my parents come from this place, so I had some kind of approach already there. Many people knew me, knew me as a child uh, or studied uh, in a school with my parents. So they would sometimes um, have a very um, kind of positive attitude. But some of the people didn't know us at all. And uh, that was part of the approach that people execute their tasks and roles and stick to them. Your editing quite special. Actually, you create the film on the editing table. Yeah, film was born on editing table, you're right. And um, approach was during the shooting to go to every institutional space or half institutional mm -hmm. space in this small town. So we had around 30 locations, factory, uh, school, hospital, music school, lake, that they also consider to be institutional space as long <laughs> as there one bench installed for sitting. Yeah, we just went to each of these places and used uh, the camera as scientific information gathering instrument, I would say. For sure, the final shape is totally editing. It was intention to build a kind of uh, organism. If I divide one scene, uh, this scene can speak with much more other scenes also. And later on, in, in a conversation with one professor, I find out that this approach called distance montage, that the Armenian... Um, Montage Theoretica Pelesian invented and he said when I am editing I'm not joining scenes, I'm dividing them. He claimed to to create not the linear, not the line, but the circles. That was very supportive to, to find out that it was already in cinema history in a very early stage one approach. Dance dancing would be a keyword because I was interested in choreographies of people in their everyday tasks, like how they move, where they sit, uh, how they stand. That's why like choreography of, of the edit was a kind of red line for me, because I was interested for power relations and strict frameworks people are acting within. I thought this dance-like would be good juxtapose, like a good approach, because the shots are static, 
So they mm -hmm. are kind of reflecting on these strict frameworks. Yeah, that was creating dynamics and rhythms. So I was following kind of inside rhythm of each scenes and try to feel where they want to join. It seems a bit like, yeah, it's very free and open and one could exchange the scenes uh, easily, maybe, because there is no one narrative or something. But in fact, there was not so many options. Like the scene would tell me self, I don't want to be here. Like I'm not belong here. The brain also tried to, to join or to, to search for connections. And um, what I was really surprised and surprised me each time that people um, find the connections are not really on purpose set into there are some magic uh, micro narrative uh, happened and Georg wants to say something yeah i just want to add to the edit that i i think that it's really interesting to see that with a general approach which is so minimalistic like there's like one scene is one framing and that's it and then you jump from place to place that there is still some kind of poetic leftover that you just cannot get out of the thing. I learned to shoot films on digital cameras and I think this thing about intention and format is really interesting because, you know, you hear directors who learn to shoot on film talk so much about how digital formats ruined the art of making documentaries because people didn't have to think so much about spending money on shooting loads of footage. But I certainly have found that there's something kind of emancipatory in relation to your own intention when you can shoot enough that there's space to end up making a very different film to the one you set out to make. And that you can even set out with a very clear intention But there's tons of stuff that happens at the corner of the frame or sometimes at the heart of it when you're paying attention to somewhere else. And I think it's kind of amazing that in the way that you're describing, it can be quite freeing to kind of let go of the thing that you were setting out to find because there's space and economy to do so and being able to shoot kind of expansively and, and long enough to kind of find a different film within... The, the frame. I don't know if that's similar to your experience, Christina and Georg, but like, I imagine if you uh, were shooting on film, the constraints to work out what you were shooting would be felt much more. Yeah, I'm, I, I would agree that there's for sure a lot of work in edit if to shoot a lot, <laughs> but there are for sure opportunities that appears because, as I said, for Georg, that was kind of very uh, intense experience of being there. I, I wanted to ask as well, Christina, um, yeah. given that you have this um, already existing kind of personal relationship to the place that you made your film, which I'm excited to watch by the way. Um, uh, how did it, did it change? I mean, you, you've known the place by the sounds of things for a long time. Your parents have lived there for a long time. It sounds like maybe you were a child there, but yeah. you went back to go and do this new thing with a camera there. Did you find that your personal relationship to this place was changed at all by the process of introducing 
cameras and your relationship to the place that are directed to it? Oh, this is an interesting question. Actually, I never thought about it. But I think it was, um, in a way, emancipating and kind of manifesting a new identity, I would say, because I came back with my new role of being filmmaker and um, working there. That was one part. And another part, it was super amazing to join two worlds, kind of my origin and uh, memories and my life and work now. They just came together in this shooting room and it was just marvelous. Yeah, just changed feelings of being there for sure.